Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the week two edition of The Walkthrough. I, as you know, am Jamie Hoyle. My guest this week is Jimmy Morris from the Music City Miracle, a Titans podcast. He is one of the podcasts on the Fans First Network, um, which we are a part of. So, Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining The Walkthrough this week. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Um, So... For those of you who aren't familiar with the show, this is a preview show. So we will be talking about the Titans versus Chargers matchup this week. We're going to start by kind of talking about some things that went well and didn't go so well for both teams in week one and kind of use that as a jumping off point for previewing the week two game. And obviously, both teams had a rough week one. Both teams struggled in a lot of ways, came away with tough losses in games they probably felt they should have won. So we'll kind of recap those games and then jump into previewing week two. So Jimmy, talk to me a little bit about week one. I know the Titans lost. We, we chat a little bit before the game, but what are a couple of things that went well? What are some of the things that didn't go so well? And what is maybe, you know, raising a red flag early, early in the season? Yes. I mean, the biggest talking point around here has been the play of Ryan Tannehill. Um, he was really bad in this game Threw three picks had at least two, maybe three more passes that probably should have been intercepted. Um, and also missed two wide open throws that probably both would have resulted in touchdowns. Um, and so, you know, it's, it's a, 
I mean, you may not know how it is because y'all y'all have had pretty consistent um, like star quarterbacks. Um, around here, it's been a while since we've had a quarterback that everybody is on board with. And so there have been Tannehill detractors from the beginning. Tannehill has been really good for this team. Now, um, he, especially the regular season, they, the the thing two years ago where they were the Titans were the number one seed, he threw three picks, lost that game. I mean, he's been bad in the playoffs. But in the regular season, has been really good for the most part. Um, last year, missed the last month of the season, had ankle surgery. Uh, so this was his first action since that. All right. So, I mean, there, there's some extenuating circumstances here that would that could kind of explain, um, you, you know, a, a bad performance in week one. He only played three snaps in the preseason. He handed the ball off three times. So they were supposed to have, you know, the, the, the whole joint practice deal. They did one with the Vikings. They're supposed to have one with the Patriots, but that was the week before the Patriots guy. I can't remember who it was, but got hurt, had to get carted off the field. And so the Patriots decided to not come and do practices that week here. So they didn't get that work either. Anyway, all that to say that, I mean, it could have just been a rust thing. That's what we're hoping for because, I mean, the Titans have, you know, spent some draft capital on quarterbacks the last two years, but neither one of those guys are ready. So um, it, it, if this team is going to do anything, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be with Ryan Tannehill being the efficient quarterback that he's been for the majority of the time that he's been here. So that's kind of the whole, that that's kind of the whole narrative around this game. I mean, there were some other things that happened. Um, the, the defense, for the most part, was really good, but gave up a lot of big plays. Couldn't get off the field very well on third down. Um, the Titans were really bad on third down on offense. So, uh, the, you know, kind of those types of deals. But the the thing that everybody's talking about is Ryan Tannehill, whether he's done or not, what they should do, all those things. So with his struggles, did he look like a guy who's having a hard time trusting his legs and getting his base underneath him to make throws? Was it more of just an accuracy issue? What What, what was going on? You know, it's funny with him because the so the the picks like one of them, you know, we we play this game all day long, but like one of them was one of those deals where like he underthrew a deep ball. The receiver tried to come back for the ball. The the corner they could have called pass interference anyway. He tipped it back. The safety coming running behind, chasing the play, picked it off. Okay, so there there are also a couple of calls in this game that if they had gone the other way, the Titans probably would have won. It just all that kind of stuff, but um. Hey, it was bad decision for the most part. And then accuracy too. I mean, like I said, they ran this like fate, like reverse throwback, tried to throw it down the field to Chigakonkwa was wide open. Would have, would I mean, could have walked in for a touchdown and Dan Hill overthrew him by five yards. Um, so then they ran a wheel route with Tajay Spears off of play action to Derrick Henry. Um, again, like just kind of floated the ball. And I, I mean, Spears probably could have played it a little bit better, maybe caught the ball, but the throw led him out of bounds basically. And so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, this is kind of, kind of a combination of things. And like I said, that leads me to believe that it's rust as much as anything else. Like I said, it, it, it was a little bit not setting his feet, not trusting his base, that kind of stuff. It was poor decision-making. It was poor accuracy. So it's kind of all the things. So, um, you know, again, like I, I hope, <laughs> I hope that means it's just rust and we're going to, we're going to see something different over the next few weeks, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to kind of see how it plays out from here. You mentioned the defense playing well. What? What did the pass rush look like? I, I've got some questions about Arden Key and yep. uh, Harold Landry and how they're going to play together and what kind of year they're going to have. How did they look as a whole last week? No, I mean, the pass rush is the thing with this defense. It's really good. Um, they got Jerry Simmons in the middle, who they paid this offseason. He's one of the best defensive tackles, if not the best defensive tackle in the league. Um, they got Danico Autry, who can line up, you know, as on the line, can rush off the edge, underrated guy. And like you said, Arden Key was really good in this game. Um, I think it was tied for the league leading pressures 
uh, this week. Harold Landry coming off. He tore his ACL like the week before the season started last year. So this was his first. I mean, he played a little bit in the preseason, but this is his first, you know, real game action since then. Um, so, yeah, I mean, th- that's the thing. This pass rush is going to be really good. Um, that's going to be the thing that they're going to hang their hats on because I don't think the secondary is all that good. Um, they got a guy in Christian Fulton who I think is a pretty good player, but he gets hurt all the time, got hurt in this game, came back in, gave up a big play at the end. The safeties are pretty good, uh, Kevin Byron and Monty Hooker, but Monty Hooker got a concussion, so I think it's probably a long shot that he plays this week. So, anyway, um, I, the, if this defense is going to be good, and, and I do think that they are going to be good, um, it's going to be because of the pass rush, and I, I think they are going to cause problems for teams all year long. All right. Well, on the flip side for the Chargers, um, their offense was pretty efficient and scored a bunch of points, but they couldn't stop a nosebleed. Their defense was terrible last week. Um, we touched on it on our, our game recap on Sunday, but they couldn't cover anybody. I mean, they probably couldn't cover you or me <laughs> in the middle of the field last, on Sunday. They were really bad. They they weren't getting pressure on the quarterback, uh, didn't tackle particularly well. There really wasn't anything that went right defensively, and they had – a fumble recovery and interception, and they still wound up blowing the game in the end. I think they only forced one punt uh, the whole weekend. They just looked confused and lost and just didn't show up. So that's going to be the big question with Brandon Staley supposedly being, you know, a defensive guru. That's his calling card. That's what got him hired. Uh, They're still heading into year three. A lot of questions about the Chargers defense. They're, they've been pretty soft the last two years and they did not get off to a good start giving up almost 600 yards to an offense they basically shut down last year when they played them so lots of questions about the chargers defense uh basically at all three levels right now not not a whole lot went right offensively they ran the ball i think at about a six yard per carry clip they were really efficient running the ball they had a couple explosive running plays uh, they had a couple drives that were basically entirely fueled by the run, which is not something we're used to seeing as Chargers fans. So they were very, very good running the ball. The offensive line was really stellar until the last drive when they gave up a couple sacks to end the game. So lots to look forward to for the Chargers offense. I have some questions about the passing attack. It was kind of gimmicky and horizontal, but overall, the offense was good and the defense didn't do enough to support them. You score 34 points at home, you should really win the game. So that's my take on the Chargers' first game. So, what do you think? Um, what do you think the Titans have in store for the Chargers this week, from a schematic standpoint? Are, are there any kind of offensive wrinkles that you think we can expect, uh, either with with new players or with players who have been there for a couple of years, who they might be using in different ways um, with the, the new offensive coordinator? Yeah. So you know, they. I mean, this this offense is still going to run through Derrick Henry. I think they showed in Week One here that they would like for it not to only run through Derrick Henry. Um, and again, like that's that's all well and good, but the quarterback has to play at least decent for that to work, right? Um, they the 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 thing that was interesting is you know they, they drafted Tajay Spears in the third round, um, running back out of Tulane. And he's, he's, he's a dynamic guy. Like we saw him break off some, some big plays in the preseason um, is, is, is a good receiver, uh, quick burst. He's, he's kind of a, he's a very different back than Derrick Henry is. Um, and so, I mean, it makes sense that he's kind of a compliment to Derrick Henry. He's the third down back. Derrick Henry's come off the field on third downs for pretty much his entire career. The thing that they did in this game that we have not seen in the past was there were a lot of plays where Henry and Spears were on the field together. 
And then there were also plays where um, like in a, they would give Tajay Spears a, a, a series or maybe even just part of the series and would hand the ball to him. So like in the past, this team has had a really bad tell. Like if Derrick Henry's not on the field, they're going to pass um, because they just well, one Todd Downing was the offensive coordinator and he was an idiot. And then <laughs> secondly, like um, they didn't have anybody really behind Derrick Henry that, that scared anybody. Right. And so if you don't, if, if you're going to hand the ball off, you hand it off to the, the, the guy that is, you know, arguably the best running back in the league. Um, and so in the past, like I said, you know, you could just count on it being a pass if he wasn't on the field. This week, they were first and 10 runs, Taji Spears on the field, they handed the ball to him. So, I mean, I, I think that what Tim Kelly is trying, Tim Kelly, the Titans' new offensive coordinator, I think what he's trying to establish early on is, hey, we're not going to be as predictable as, as the Titans have been in the past, which is obviously a good thing. It leads to more things that they can do. Um, the wrinkles that, you know, they showed the, the two plays that Tannehill missed. Um, one of it was like a, was, a, they ran a reverse, pitched it back to Tannehill. Like I said, Chickaconquo is running wide open on the field. Tannehill misses him. Um, the, the ball that he missed to Ch- Ty J Spears was play action to Henry, throw it in the field to Spears. So, I mean, they're doing some of that kind of stuff that is at least like, again, keeping the defenses more honest. The defenses had to be against the Titans last year. Um, so, so that's good. They ran a, I think Henry caught two screen passes. One of them he took for like 60 something yards. Um, you know, cause if he gets in the, if he gets in space and, and has time to get up to full speed, you know, he's just, he's tough to bring down. Um, so I mean, they're, they're still going to do that kind of stuff. DeAndre Hopkins was good in this game. Um, you know, a guy they signed this summer and he's not going to run away from anybody anymore, but he's still a great route runner. Doesn't have to have a lot of separation to catch the ball. So, I mean, they're going to use him. Traylon Burks is a guy, you know, they, when they traded A.J. Brown two years ago on draft night, they drafted Traylon Burks. He was pretty good last year, got hurt a couple different times. Um, so we had, you know, kind of high hopes for him. He's a first-round guy. Um, got hurt in the preseason, but was able to come back for the, for, the, for week one. Uh, I think he only had like two targets. But he's going to have to be a bigger part of this offense if they're going to if they're going to make some explosive plays. And he's not a like take the top off the defense kind of guy, but he's a guy that they can get the ball to him in space. He can make guys miss that kind of stuff, kind of like AJ Brown was not not as good as AJ, but like in, in the similar kind of mold. So I mean, I, I think that's what it's going to be an intermediate passing game. They don't have anybody that they can take deep shots down the field to really. So if they're going to get deep shots, it's going to have to be off of wrinkles and that kind of stuff. Um, you know, and again, that's what, I mean, Tannehill has been so good while he's been here at the play action intermediate stuff. I mean, that's been his calling card. And he's been really good at it. Um, and so that was what was a little disappointing. Those things didn't, didn't go right in this, in this first week. So, I mean, they're going to listen if, cause I mean, I think the Chargers in the past, right. Have been pretty bad against the run and it's kind of been like by design, right. I mean, like they'll let you run if you want to run, you know, run down the field like that. They, they're kind of willing to give that stuff up. You know, if, if, if they want to do that against the Titans, I mean, I think the Titans will, will take advantage of that as much as they can, right? I mean, if they can and, – and I don't know. Like I said, it's it's different, and this is, a, this is one game under Tim Kelly. But from what we've seen from Mike Vrabel, um, you know, he's going to take the path of least resistance, which makes sense, right? I mean, if they're going to give us – if they're going to – in his mind, he's saying, if they're going to give us five yards to carry, we're going to take five yards to carry. Why throw the ball? Especially my quarterback, you know, has trouble – throwing it to the right jersey. So, I mean, I think that they would try to try to lean on Henry in this game. He only had five carries, I think, in the second half. Part of that was game script. Part of it was they got a bunch of stupid penalties, like procedural stuff. I mean, I guess it was it was loud in the Superdome, and so they were having trouble not jumping and that kind of stuff. And so it's just it's harder when it's first and 15, right, to hand the ball off. So um, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think as far as if, how they're going to attack, they're going to try to do it with Henry. And if they can, if they can be successful with that, they'll be perfectly happy to do that. But they do have some weapons now that should be able to take advantage of stacked boxes, that kind of stuff. Because that's kind of where they've run into trouble in the in the past. Is if if people were able to take away Derrick Henry, they just didn't have a whole lot of answers. So you mentioned three guys that we do a lot of draft prep on this show yeah. um, during the offseason. and three guys that we we really liked in the draft were Chigakonko, um, Tajay Sharp, and obviously Traylon Burks. So I'm curious what their development looks like. Obviously, Aconquo and Burks have an extra year in the league. Burks, as I recall, he was a kind of a guy who played out of the slot. He played inside, really good in space, good with the ball in his hands after the catch. How's he developing as a route runner, and where are they using him in the formation? Is he mostly in the slot? Is he playing outside? How are they utilizing his skill set? Yeah, I mean, he plays outside more than anything else, at least has so far. Um like I said, I, I think that they will try to do some different things with him. But again, his his preseason got cut short because he he hurt his knee in like they, they went up and did joint practices with the Vikings before the second preseason game. And I mean, one of those deals where like you watch the video and you know all these these Twitter doctors right that can you know evaluate things from from a video. We're all saying, <laughs> oh, it's an ACL, it's whatever he's done, blah blah blah. And so we were really scared for you know about six hours there until we found out it was a sprained LCL. You know, like a month at the most. Okay, so he came back faster than we thought he would because he practiced. I mean, even like you know the week between the preseason and, and the regular season, he was he was at practice that week. And I don't know how much he did because you know they don't have to really give you any information on that stuff. What the reporters were able to see in video, he was out there for all of that. So that's good. He's a good player um, and a guy that I think can develop into a pretty solid number one receiver. Um, I don't I don't I don't know that he's ever going to be, you know, a top five type 10 guy in the league. But a guy that if you have him and somebody else like with him and DeAndre Hopkins, they should be OK. That that, that should be enough to have a formidable pa- passing attack. Chigakonko is a guy that I mean, last year I, I, I was trying to look his numbers up real quick. Um, I mean, he only had two targets in his first game. Like I said, one of them should have been a touchdown. Um, last year, they just seemed like they couldn't figure out a way to use him. And again, that is because Todd Downing is just not very good at calling an offense. So, um, but whenever they did get him the ball, he was really, really good. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get to these, to the numbers here, but I mean, he averaged 14.1 yards per catch last year, but he only had 46 targets. He had 32 catches for 450 yards. Um, so we all thought they were going to try to get him more involved in this offense. And I, I still think they'll do that. I think he's a guy that can be a really, a really solid player for them. Um, and then Ty J Spears looks to be, I mean, they've, they have used him. He got, he got a lot of run in the preseason, a lot of carries. Um, like I said, got some just straight carries in this first game. So, I mean, I, I think he's, he is obviously going to be the compliment to Derek Henry. He's going to be the third down back. Um, but I think they're content to use him just as a regular running back. Uh, you know, when Henry needs a break or, or whatever it may be. And then, you know, maybe thinking forward because this is Derrick Henry's in the last year of his contract. Um, if he's not here in 24, then that he could be there. I mean, I don't know if he's, if he's going to be there every down back. I think they'd probably bring in somebody else to where it'd be more of a timeshare. It's weird for us as Titans fans because we, I mean, th- this has been a very like feature back centric offense since they came to town. They came to town with Eddie George. Uh, had Chris Johnson for a bunch of years and then and then moved on to Derrick Henry. So it's been a very much a featured back system. Um, the league is going away from that, obviously. And so I think the Titans are going to as well once Henry moves on. Because um, that was a lot of the talk. Uh, I mean, I'm sure 
you, you said you all do a lot of draft stuff. You know, we were all a little bit shocked when they took Spears in the, in the third round. And then you're sitting there on draft night and they're like, oh, he doesn't have an ACL in one of his knees. And it's like, oh, you know, what are they doing? But when you think about it from the standpoint of how most teams evaluate running backs now, it's a three or four year deal, right? I mean, yep. you use a guy, you bring somebody else in. So if Tajay Spears' NFL career only lasts five seasons, well, if, if the Titans get four good years out of him, then that's fine for that pick, you know? Um, and, and they just needed they needed weapons. And if, if there was not a receiver there they thought could come in and help them right away, they got a running back they thought could. So, I mean, you know, once we kind of stepped back and got away from the panic of, you know, why they take a running back there, he doesn't have a knee, whatever. Um, realized <laughs> it was probably a, it was, it was, it was a pretty solid pick. And like I said, they, they've shown they're going to use him. I mean, he, he was on the field a lot on Sunday and I think that'll continue to be the case this year. Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, I talked a little bit about the Chargers offense. They, this is a team that I think was 31st or 32nd in running the ball last year in terms of yards per carry. And just in terms of yards per game, they were brutal last year. They couldn't run at all. Um, and they revamped the offensive line. They moved, they got, obviously they got Rashawn Slater back, which is a huge help at left tackle. They moved Zion Johnson to left guard and inserted Jamari Salyer at right guard. And now they've got Trey Pipkins with another year under his belt. They're feeling pretty good about their offensive line and they revamped their, their running scheme. They were very much an outside zone heavy running scheme last year. And this year it seems like they're going to be more power heavy and get those big guards pulling and getting downhill and picking off linebackers at the second level. And they were opening some gaping holes against the Dolphins defense on Sunday. So I'll be curious to see. I really did not expect them to run the ball very well against the Dolphins. They have a pretty good interior tandem in, in Sealer and Wilkins who basically dominated the Chargers offensive line last year when they played. So I was not expecting much in terms of running the ball. So for them to run for, I think it was 240 yards or 230 yards uh, was pretty shocking. So I'll be curious to see how they handle that, how well they run the ball this week with the interior trio that the Titans have, which is also pretty good. You know, you mentioned it earlier with, with Autry and, um, and Simmons playing defensive tackle and you've got Tart playing nose, there's some big boys in there who can really play. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if the Chargers can move the ball that way on the ground against the Titans. It's not something they're known for, but it seems like it's something they want to be known for. They want to be able to win at the line of scrimmage, which is something they've struggled with the last couple of years. Um, and then from an offensive standpoint, you know, the Chargers drafted Quentin Johnston this year in the first round. We've been saying here on this show for three or four years that they needed to draft a wide receiver. We were looking for Zay Flowers this year. We wanted somebody who was a little shiftier, had a little bit more speed, a little more down downfield ability. And Johnston kind of fits that Chargers wide receiver mold of 6'2 to 6'4, you know, 215, big body guy who can go up and make a catch. Uh, and they had big they had high hopes for him. They were talking about him, you know, playing that CD Lamb role in the Dallas offense and he didn't play very much on Sunday. Uh, I think he caught two passes and maybe played 22 snaps or something like that on Sunday, which was a little surprising, uh, I think, to some. So it'll be interesting to see how they use him this week. They need to create more explosive plays in the passing game. It's something they should be doing easily with Justin Herbert at quarterback and the weapons they have at receiver. But for whatever reason, they were very much a horizontal kind of college gimmicky offense throwing the ball behind the line of scrimmage quite a bit, a lot of smoke screens, wide receiver screens, tight end screens, thing like that, tunnel screens, um, which is not really what you want to see out of a team quarterback by Justin Herbert. So 
I'm really hoping that they're going to push the ball down the field a little bit. Um, and I'm curious, what what kind of coverages do you see defensively out of the Titans? Um, I know they've got a good safety tandem. They've got a pretty solid corner tandem. Um, what what kind of coverage do they excel at? How, how do they go about stopping the pass from a schematic standpoint? Yeah, so like I said, it'll be interesting to see what the status of Christian Fulton is this week um, because <clears throat> he is a guy that, it, I mean, when he's been on the field, like I said before, he's been really good, um, but he's had a ton of soft tissue injuries. I mean, to this point where, like, Mike Vrabel will kind of call him out about it uh, in the, like, postseason deal this year, really when Rank Harthon came on as the, as the new GM. Um, it was a thing he talked about how they had to get better. With that kind of stuff and talked about like Kevin Byer, the safety who, you know, never misses time. Um, you know, he's like he's been able to figure it out. We need other other guys to figure it out. Um, so, I mean, if, if Fulton doesn't play, it hurts him because, like I said, he's their best guy. So you've got Fulton and, and Sean Murphy bunting on the outside. Roger McCreary plays inside. Um, if if Fulton's not there, then McCreary has to play outside. And it just kind of it, it kind of changes everything up. They'll mix things up. Um, they're they're good at you know that type of stuff. Vrabel is a, a multiple guy. He likes to do everything, multiple fronts, coverages, all that type of stuff. So in and they are very much like I said for for all the things with Vrabel, he's very good at watching tape, breaking it down, and scheming it up to you know what he needs to do to stop the team that they're playing that week. Um, and so they, th- there was some confusion in the secondary this week. I mean, like I said, that they had a lot of, they gave up a lot of big plays. That was really the thing that hurt them the most. Um, I think they gave up two pass plays over 40 yards and then maybe another two or three over 20 yards. Um, so they're, they're going to have to figure out that this week. And it was just, it seemed like it was just communication issues, you know, like guys passing off and, and not being in the right spot or whatever it may be. So that's the thing to watch this week is one, does Fulton play? Because they are, um, they're a lot better with him out there. And then two, um, can they get that communication stuff fixed? That was a problem last week. Because, um, like I said, it was a big deal. And there was a play, like the the play that they kind of sealed the game for the Saints. Um, the Rashid Shahid, which has got to be one of the best names in the NFL. But um, he he caught the touchdown earlier in the game, and then and then got loose for a big play that got them a first down, and they were able to run out the clock. And didn't have to punt the ball back to the Titans. So. Um, yeah, so I mean, we'll see. The secondary is the in the corner specifically, or, or the probably the weakest spot on this defense. And like I said, if Amani Hooker isn't able to go, which I would be surprised if he is. I mean, you know, you know, you never know with concussions. But Vrabel has been very, very cautious with concussion guys. I mean, I, I feel like it's been a couple of years since a guy has come back. If if they go into the protocol. Like something that happens during the game, you know, some, sometimes something weird will happen. They'll go to protocol. They, they clear really quickly, but if they leave a game with a concussion the week before, it's very, very rare that they play the following week. Um, so I'd be surprised if he plays Elijah Molden probably plays uh, for him. If, if, uh, if, if hooker can't go and he's a guy that they kind of recently converted from corner to safety, a good player, but um, not the same caliber as a money hooker. So that'll be something to watch, you know, with a passing attack that can be as potent as, the chargers have so i'm curious a couple questions for you um one is Eckler gonna play i know he got banged up i mean it's tuesday night so we don't really know anything but it seemed like he's he's good to go and then talk about herbert i mean you know herbert got that the huge contract in the off season um we're, it, chargers fans good with that like you know it's, it's it hadn't hadn't won much yet um y'all you broke my heart last year letting the Jaguars come back and playoff broke game. your heart. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Oh god, man. 
Let me tell you something. Jaguar, there, okay? Jaguars fans are the worst people in America. Like I, and I don't even, I, I'm just, they just are. And like, I, I, I was, it, it was it, anyway, I, I've had fun with them for years on Twitter. Um, I, I was at a Nate Bergazzi comedy show that night. I come out, it's whatever it was, you know, charger. I'm just, I mean, I'm going in on Twitter. It was 27, nothing by the way. Thank yeah. you for reopening. That yeah. Moment. And then like, and then like, if you, you know, like an hour, hour and a half later, I'm like, Oh my gosh, I gotta like, you know, throw my phone away. But um, <laughs> anyway, no, but, but I, mean, I, I think Herbert's really good. I mean, he's obviously, he's obviously, you know, put up good numbers, but you know, it's, I mean, and it's, it's the, it's the age we live in, right. You gotta, you gotta pay these guys. But you know, to get that much money when he he hasn't won a playoff game, right? I mean, like that it's just it's a it's a big leap, you know. Yeah, I think in terms of Eckler, I mean, he finished the game on Sunday. Um, he played pretty much the whole game. I, I don't think he came out the field for more than a couple plays. So at least right now, I would say I pr- I probably expect him to play. Um, but they're a little different this year than they have been in years past. They're giving the ball to Joshua Kelly a lot more, and he had 91 yards on. I think like 10 carries last week, something like that. Both those guys were almost topped hundred yards. Obviously the passing game changes a little bit when Eckler isn't on the field, but in terms of running the ball with their new scheme and the way they're, they're trying to be more multiple with their backs. I feel like, yeah, you obviously want Eckler to play, but if he doesn't play, they're not totally lost with Kelly out there. Like they have been in years past Um, in terms of Herbert, uh, most Chargers fans, I think, were thrilled that he got the extension. He's a really nice kid. He's really easy to root for. He's been highly productive, still kind of growing into the leadership role on the team. Um, still, I think there's still some areas, just being totally frank, where I think he can improve his game a little bit. Uh, c- certain reads, certain throws that he shied away from at times. Um, seeing things faster at the line of scrimmage and making those checks. That's coming playing with more tempo, which is something they did really well on Sunday that really led to a lot of their success on offense, even though they weren't throwing the ball that well. Um, So I'm not too worried about Herbert. I mean, they're, I think I saw a stat today and I'll probably mess it up, but they, they, he's played 50 games as a Chargers starter. They've had 25 games where they scored 27 points or more. And there's something like 19 and six. No, I'm sorry. They're 19 and six when the defense gives up fewer than 27 points. And they're four and 21 when the defense gives up more than 27 points. Which makes sense. So Herbert's put, I think he averages just under 27 points a game for his career. Um, So he puts points on the board, but their defense has been god awful. They haven't been able to stop anybody. That's been a huge problem since Daly got here. And even when, when Lynn was still here in his final year. They just couldn't stop anybody. So it's all on Herbert's shoulders. Um, and there, like I said, there are spots in games where he can play better. Uh, he's had some success late in fourth quarters, you know, uh, bring the Chargers back, tying games, taking leads in the fourth quarter. I think he could still make better decisions in some of those situations. He had a really bad grounding penalty on Sunday that really hurt them on their last drive. So there's, there's, some, there's definitely some areas where he can improve. But I think overall – most people were really happy. I think they feel like with a new offensive coordinator, if the Chargers can just get their their crap together defensively, they've got a shot to to win a lot of games. I mean, they went 10 and 7 last year and Herbert had broken ribs and a busted shoulder 
His left tackle didn't play. His right tackle missed a bunch of games. Um, their center missed a few games. The defense was ravaged with injuries. I mean, they were just destroyed by injuries last year among their starters. So, you know, you say it every year, but if you can stay healthy and they can make some stops, I feel like people feel like there's a good chance to win some games and start winning some playoff games with Herbert. And if it doesn't happen this year, they need to blow out the whole coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we've had, you know, we've been through it now for however many years in the, this whole quarterback purgatory thing where we, you know, took Mariota second and he was good for a year or two. And then they switched Daniel. Daniel's been pretty good. Um, yeah, we'd be thrilled to, I mean, I'd be thrilled to pay a guy <laughs> that would have a guy to pay that much money to, you know, and they gave Tannehill a big contract and, and people, I mean, it, there's been a lot of talk about that, but I mean, it was, it was the thing to do. Like uh, he was good. He was good for them. He was good for a couple of years. You got to pay quarterback, you know, it's like, and then when they, I can't remember. And, and I mean, I think his cap number this year is among the top in the league, but like the guaranteed money and stuff, when they gave it to him, um, you know, it, it, it's turned out to be not that much in the scale of, of what guys have gotten since then. So, um, but yeah, we'd be, we'd be really happy to have a quarterback that we could <laughs> give an, that we could draft and then give an extension to. <laughs> um, I had a question. I just lost it. Uh, oh, so let's talk some matchups. What, from a matchup standpoint, what do you think has to go well for the Titans to win the game offensively? Got to be able to run the ball. Um, and need to be able to stay in positive script to where they don't have to take Derrick Henry off the field. That's the thing that, I mean, and really, like I said, going back to, because, you know, the, the Titans have had, I guess, in the years that Tannehill has been the quarterback, they've had two really good years. Um, made the AFC Championship one year, lost to the Chiefs, and then the first two rounds of the playoffs – um, Tannehill made big throws like in those games, they, they beat the Patriots is Brady's last year in new England. Maybe it was last year in new England, but it was kind of the, the last good team that he was on. And then, um, beat the Ravens when they were the number one seed that year, the Ravens were, um, both of those games, Derrick Henry ended up having big numbers. Like he had over 200 yards, I think against the Ravens in 180 or something against the Patriots, but Tannehill hit big throws in those games early to put the Titans ahead, and they were able just to give the ball to Derrick Henry. And listen, when, when you can give the ball to Derrick Henry 20, 25, 30 times, like it's it's a problem for defenses because they don't they just people get tired of trying to tackle him. He's a big dude. Um, and so in those games, Tannehill kind of got him ahead, then they, they, they rested on Henry. The Chiefs took Henry away, Tannehill couldn't get him to that next level, right? Um, because that game was close. The AFC Championship game was close at halftime. Mahomes kind of made a, you know, one of those things that he does. is like a back-breaking run right before the half um, that, that kind of switched the momentum of the game. It was still close in the third quarter, but Tannehill just couldn't make enough plays to get them there. Um, and then, you know, two years ago, they were number, the Titans were the number one seed. The Bengals came here. The Titans sacked Joe Burrow nine times in the game, and the Titans lost. Uh, Tannehill threw three picks. Um, if he only throws two, they win. I mean, you know, it was, it was that kind of deal. Um, so they don't want to have to rely on him. They want him to be good in an efficient method, you know, like just, hey, we're going to let him throw it 19, 20, 21 times, and he's going to have, you know, 200 yards and two touchdowns, and Derrick Henry's going to have 27 carries for 130-something yards and a touchdown, whatever it is. Like that's that's the kind of game script that they still, I think, need to play in if they're going to be successful, especially against – because, listen, if we get into a, a deal where we're trying to match score for score, like the Titans are not going to be able to do that against the Chargers. I don't, I don't think with this 
this version of Ryan Tannehill, this offensive line, I just, I, that's not a game they want to play. I don't think they have to play the, the whole thing where they just dirty it up and they try to win 9-7. I don't, I don't think it's that extreme, but I do think that it needs to stay like a one-score game so they can keep having that threat of working Derrick Henry or you know just keep working him, and then you can hit a play or something late in the game. That That's kind of what this team is built on, how this team runs with Derrick Henry. So, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing offensively is – can they establish the run early? Can they stay in positive game script where they can continue to do that? And again, like I said, it, it wasn't score that took them out of it on Sunday because it was it was within one score, I mean, all the way the, the entire game. Um, but it was just, you know, getting a penalty on first down. So now it's first and 15. They've, they've got to stay out of that, out of those things because those are the things that really kind of, you know, tie their hands on what they can do. And different offenses can get away with that. Like it's not, it's not a big deal if that happens to the Chargers, right? First and 15 is probably not, not that big of a deal. It's a bigger deal here. So that, that's kind of the thing is staying in positive game script, both from a score perspective and a down and distance perspective. Um, you, you've mentioned the offensive line a couple of times. What, how do you feel about the offensive line right now? Do you feel like that's a group that can hold up if you have to score 25 or more points to win the game? I think they can. Like I said, they were they were pretty good on Sunday. Um, there, there were some breakdowns, um, and I think, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry, but they weren't the reason that the, that the Titans lost. Um, and so I, I feel better about it than than I did last year. You know, last year when it started out, we felt pretty good about where the offensive line was. You had Taylor Lewan at left tackle. You had Ben Jones at, at center. You had um, Nate Davis at right guard. Like they, they had some good players. And then by the time we got to the end of the year, they were all hurt. And so it was really, really bad. So, and they, you know, and then they, they ended on a seven game losing streak. Anyway, so like things went really, really poorly for that. I think that this offense, again, if Ryan Tannehill is not the disaster that he was on Sunday, they've got enough veteran players that they don't need the offensive line to be great for things to go. They just need him to hold up, you know, give him, give him time to get to his second read, give him time to get to his first. There were times last year where, I mean, it was three step drop, foot on the ground. There's a guy in his lap. Um, it's not that group anymore. Like I said, I, I don't think they're great, but I think they're good enough that they can hold up to at least allow them to do some of the things that they want to do. And Tim Kelly is better at scheming up when he has an offensive line that has issues. He's better at, you know, putting Tannehill on the move, using play action, that kind of stuff that at least slows some of that stuff down. Todd Downey didn't do nearly enough of that last year. And I, I think Tim Kelly will, when he sees those things, he'll do what he can scheme. I mean, there's only so much you can do schematically, right? If your offensive line's bad, you're going to have problems, but there are some things you can, you can help with that. And I think they'll, they'll be more equipped to do that this year than they were last year. So if you were the chargers defensive coordinator and you were scheming up ways to beat the Titans offense, give me two offensive linemen that you would attack if you had the choice and give me one or two guys either on the second level or the third level that you would attack. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you're, <clears throat> excuse me, you're, um, you're gonna go as so Andre Dillard is the left tackle, uh, came over. He was a first round pick for the Eagles. Uh, played okay in Philadelphia, got beat out, um, but he's 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 serviceable, but he's not great. So you're gonna go after him. Peter Skronsky, their right or their left guard, um, was the 11th overall pick. He's been good. I mean, you know, he was he was pretty good on Sunday. He had a thing where they ran a stunt on him, and he got confused, and it kind of welcomed the NFL moment. But for the most part, we honestly probably feel the best about him of any of the offensive linemen. He's a rookie. Um, 
But so I mean, it, it would be it would be there, and then you know you, the the right side of the offensive line, um, they so the guy that started at right tackle all year for them last year, Nicholas Petit Friere, uh, was a third round pick in twenty two, um, and he played. He was up and down, but for the most part, he was at least good enough. He got dinged with one of these. He gambled on a team flight or something, so he's out for six weeks. Not not you know the indefinite deal because he gambled on the NFL but um, got dinged on the other deal. So he's out for six weeks. So they kind of shuffled it around, but the guy that they settled on there, Chris Hubbard, kind of a, kind of a journeyman, but he was really good on Sunday. I mean, he, he held up well in pass protection. Um, so, I mean, you're looking at Daniel Brunskill, who's the right guard, who, again, kind of a journeyman. They signed him as a free agent from the 49ers. And, and again, he's an okay player. But those, I think if you're going to attack, you're going to attack Dillard and Brunskill. And then you run some stuff at Skronsky to try to confuse him, right, just to see he's a rookie. So there's stuff he hadn't seen yet. So you, you try to do some of that to him. So, I mean, that's what if, – if, if it's me attacking, then that's what I'm trying to do. And, and I'm going to put eight people in the box and and make Tannehill beat me. And, I mean, I know that's not necessarily the way that, that Brandon Staley has preferred to play defense – but my gosh, if you watched Tannehill last week, you're going to invite the Titans to throw the ball. Like, you know, may, and again, like it, maybe he can, maybe he does, maybe he's good this week. Maybe he can get them out of it, but I'd make him prove it if, if I were going up against them. And then on like, defensively, like I said, I would max protect and take some shots down the field um, because th- this, this team is built on their front seven, front seven, being able to get home. Um, they 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 don't want to blitz a lot if they don't have to, um, and and so if they can get home with the guys that are rushing the passer, then they can be good. And you know we've seen I mean I'm sure y'all have seen it too, but I mean the Titans have had plenty of guys here over the years where, like Michael Griffin's the guy that comes to mind. Michael Griffin was a safety the Titans drafted in the first round was a Pro Bowler when Albert Hainsworth and Cal Vandenbosch were, rush, were roughing the pass rushing the passer not roughing the passer rushing the passer. Those guys left and Michael Griffin was really bad. Right. And so he's probably somewhere in the middle. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's really easy for guys to cover when they don't have to cover for very long and quarterbacks running for their lives, chugging stuff up. Um, so, I mean, I would try to do some things to give Herbert time to push the ball down the field, because I do think that's where the, the weakness in the Titans defense is, is, like I said, with those outside corners, especially if Fulton can't play. Yeah, I think from the Chargers perspective, I think the matchup that I'm focused on 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 defense, two matchups, really one is. uh uh, Autry and Simmons inside against the Chargers guard tandem. Um, both got both Zion Johnson and Jamar Salyer were fantastic on Sunday. They struggled a little bit at the end. They both, they both got beat for sacks at the end of the game, but for 59 minutes out of 60 minutes, they were both really good. So I'm curious to see how they hold up against yet another all pro defensive tackle tandem in Autry and Simmons. Can they hold up? Uh, both of those guys, I think have a lot of potential, but we still don't know what they are in terms of NFL guards. So I think that's going to be one matchup to watch. And can the Chargers shut down uh, DeAndre Hopkins without having to double him too much? If they can take him out, um, I think that's going to be really important for the Chargers. So uh, those are those are just a couple of things that I'm looking at. And like you said, I want to see the Chargers throw the ball down the field. It's something we've been calling for really for two years since Daly got here. We thought we'd get more of it with more. It didn't happen in week one, but I'm, I kind of want to see if that was a, a Vic Fangio thing. They just weren't comfortable throwing the ball down the field against Fangio's defense. Um, and Bosa and Mac have to get home. They've got to get to the quarterback. They didn't do that at all on Sunday. 
and it created a lot of problems in the backfield. So I'm looking for Bosa and Mac to win against the tackle tandems, get home and take some pressure off the secondary. Yeah. I mean, like I said, that's the, that's the matchup that I'd be afraid of, right. From a, you know, if I'm Tim Kelly and I'm trying to figure out how we're going to attack this defense, it's, can we protect long enough to to do anything down the field? Um, Like I said, I I think they got a better shot than they did at the end of the year last year, but I'm, it's still not great. All right. Well, Jimmy, I think that just about does it. You want to make a prediction real quick before we, we call it a show? Um, I mean, I'll, listen, I'll, I'll go Homer here. I'll, I'll predict the Titans win, <laughs> um, you know, coming off of a bad loss. Mike Vrabel's been really good when things are kind of stacked against him. Um, he, he's a very good motivator. So uh, I'll say we get like a 27-24 Titans win. All right. Um I think the Chargers win this game because I think Tannehill is going to throw a couple more picks. And I think the Chargers pass rush is going to get home and we'll see some big plays down the field. So I'm going to go Chargers 30, Titans 23. Yeah, I can see it. Jimmy, you want to tell everybody where they can find you if they want to go looking for the Music City Miracle? Yeah, so uh, the the podcast is actually Home Run Throwback. That's the name oh, I'm of the, sorry. The show. No, you're good. It's the uh, so I write for MusicMiracles dot com. Um, that's where. That's oh, where that's I write. okay. Yeah, yeah. And and I'm at Jay Morris MCM on Twitter. Uh, but Home Run Throwbacks is actually the name of the play that they ran in the, for the Museum Miracle. So it's all kind of the same, you know. Um, but yeah, so that's the name of the podcast like on Fans First Sports Network. I always get the S's in the wrong wrong place on that. Um, so yeah, that's that's where we are. And then, like I said, on Twitter, museumreals.com, all that good stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, Jimmy, thanks a lot. I really appreciate you coming on. It was fun. Good yeah, show. Thanks for, thanks for having me. You're welcome. Anytime. That's it, everybody. Um, we're going to check out now. So thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate it. Just a reminder, our new, our new schedule's out now. So we've got Garrett had score more today, the walkthrough on Wednesday, uh, our mailbag show, the round table on Thursday and Friday is, is, uh, Craig show. I got five on it. And then obviously the post game show on Sunday. So make sure you check out all the programs, check out the full schedule and, uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks everybody.